coming to you live from Canada. Here comes your game-changing, life-transforming turning point moment. Ahem. Yes, this is the sign you've been looking for. You're listening to Engage City Church. Powered by hope, not hype. Online at engagechurch.ca. We're starting a brand new uh, kind of collection of talks here called Death to Selfie for the next two weeks. Death to Selfie, I, I, I mean, I've, I'm not good. At, is anyone good at taking selfies? I don't know that you're actually good at taking selfies. You know, there's all the, the duck faces and the weird things that people do. I'm not really a supporter of those things, and I think it's creepy if I was to do it. Like, I think it would be like, <laughs> like, what are you even, like, why are you even doing that? I don't, I don't understand the purpose. I think you look worse. You don't look better. I apologize if you think you look better. You don't. It's just, it's just, the tr- we've all been trying to say it for a long time. We just couldn't come out with the words that you don't look any better when you, it's just awkward for us all. Let's just read the Bible. That's a better, it's a better plan. Philippians chapter one, the 21st verse of the first chapter of the book of Philippians, for to me, Living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Wow, we're starting with that death verse. Yes, the words of the Apostle Paul, for to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Every time I read this Bible verse, I ask myself a simple question. What kind of headspace do you have to be in to be like, yeah, living for me means like living for Jesus, but dying sounds awesome. You know, like it goes against it goes against everything that we're hardwired for. As human beings, we're hardwired for life. That's why, you know, when 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 uh, you you find yourself in uh, a kind of, I was binge watching Grey's Anatomy for some reason last night, <laughs> and you know the crazy medical things that happen but you know and it happens in real life but what happens is those your body actually naturally begins to fight back it begins to respond because we're hardwired to live we're hardwired for life so i don't always understand when paul writes these words for to me living means living for christ okay i get that but it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the idea that dying is even better than living for christ right maybe it's just me maybe the only one who's like i don't know Dying doesn't sound all that awesome because sometimes there seems like there's pain wrapped up in dying. That doesn't seem amazing. Ultimately, if you knew the way that Paul died, which we'll get to on a whole other week, or you can Google it, I mean, it was a terrible way to go. But what kind of headspace do you have to be in? I think, I think Paul lives in a different time zone. It's the only way that I could wrap my mind around it. He lives in the EST, the Eternal Standard Time. He lives in a different time zone. He's got his eyes. He's hardwired for a different way of looking at the world. He understands that this, this life is great, that Jesus in John 10, 10 says that he came to give us all a rich and a satisfying life. He loves, we, we know that, and, and Paul knew that, but what he also had the, the understanding of was that after he got to leave this earth, he got to, to go to heaven and be with Jesus, who was literally at this point, literally his best friend. He got to go and go into heaven, live with heaven for eternity with Jesus, closer you know, than a brother, living in, in paradise. He knew that something was better on the other side. And so he's like, you know what? For me, living is, is living all in for Jesus because that's how I'm hardwired and that's what I'm going to do. But you know what's even better is leaving this earth and hanging out with Jesus. The way that Paul lived his life was Jesus first in every area of his life. We have a hard time wrapping our minds around this concept because it's we most of us live like me first for most of our lives 
Let's go to another verse in Galatians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 20, the book of Galatians. Again, the words of the Apostle Paul, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, what I'm trying to understand and what, what I'm hoping that we can dive into over the next two weeks as we, or in this series, Death to Selfie, is that we could dive in and begin to understand the headspace that Paul, uh, Paul was in when he wrote the words in Philippians. For to me, living means uh, living for Christ and dying is even better. So what do we do is we understand that the Bible is the, the reliable, the true word of God. And so when we don't understand something in the Bible, we actually go find other places in the Bible to help us wrap our minds around what's happening in the Bible. And sometimes it doesn't seem clear, but as we begin to peel away the layers, what we begin to discover is God speaks clearly on a very many things, and that he does it as we dig in deeper. And as we read the Bible, we also discover that not only are we reading the Bible, but in many ways the Bible is reading us. And it's speaking right back into the very depths of who we are. And so what we're trying to do is, is understand this headspace of living for Christ is awesome, but dying is even better. And we find ourselves in Galatians 2.20, for my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Now this verse is also fitting because we're here on baptism day. Nathan's sitting in the splash zone later. I mean, it's like SeaWorld Shamu. Just we just drop them in. We don't even dunk them. We drop them. It's amazing. You're going to want to see it. Um, cannonball. But the imagery, like, so the other day on Friday, things that you didn't think you'd ever be doing in your life, I was actually scrubbing this tank out in the parking lot. And so I have this big, white, rectangular tank that Jaden, when he saw that, is like, man, that looks like a coffin. I'm like, well, kind of, yeah. So I was the guy in the parking lot on King Street scrubbing out his coffin on a Friday afternoon, and traffic is literally going. Like, people were, I was slowing down traffic on King Street as I got my mop inside, rubbing this bad boy out, and then I'm lifting it out and draining it. People are like, is there a body in there? Like, what? Literally, I'm slowing down traffic on King Street. They're like, what is going on? Well, the idea or the imagery of, of the water and why we do full immersion baptism is because when we go down, our old self goes down and our new self comes up. We are now alive in Jesus. It's a picture of resurrection. Jesus went down into the grave. He, he came back out and he carried out the keys of death, life in the grave. So he, what we're doing when we go into baptism is we're dying to ourselves and we're coming up new and alive in Jesus. But the question still remains. What does that look like and what does that feel like and what is it like to live in a place where my old self is gone and my new self is here? Because, I mean, nobody knows me better than me. So I don't know if I want to let go of me because I think I like me. Keith, why don't we just, throw, just leave Galatians 2.20 up there. It's really the main thing. My old self has been crucified with Christ. So week after week, I get up here and I tell you that God wants to use every single one of us. He's got a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. 
that God wants to work through your life. And that often we disqualify ourselves because we think we aren't good enough. We think we aren't living clean enough. We think that we aren't whatever reason that you disqualify yourself. You put it on there. You think that you've got a rap sheet so long that Jesus, you know, Jesus is afraid of you. Jesus isn't afraid of your rap sheet. And the truth is we're not afraid of it either. Anyone can come here and find Jesus because when we find Jesus, we discover hope. We discover life. And Jesus wants to partner with you in your life. And so when we say these words, my old self has been crucified with with Christ, what we're actually talking about is the the understanding is that, listen, when I wake up every morning, I'm a Holy Ghost hitman. Every single morning, I am killing my old self. Every single morning, because Galatians 5, uh, it says that there's this, this battle, there's this tension. Verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature wants. So these forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So if, if we were to, to put that whole batch of words into a picture, we're talking about the angel and the devil on your shoulder which you've seen on TV. And there's this, this tension inside of us that goes back and forth. Now, we, could, we might be worried about this tension, and we might be worried about this battle if we didn't already know that we know the end of the game. We, we know what the score is. So last night, I was here filling up this tank, and I missed the beginning of the Battle of Alberta, you know, Eskimos and Calgary St. Peter. So I PVR'd it because I was like, well, I'll just watch it later. But I... I only watch the game if I know that we won. Because I don't need to see how we lost. Like, it's just, we're fine. Like, so I didn't know for the longest time that we lost. And I looked, made the mistake of looking at Twitter. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to turn this off. But the same thing is here. There is this tension. There is this battle that we're going with. We are fighting uh, on the inside this, this desire to do what, what, what God wants with our life and the desire to do what, what I want to do. But what we have to understand is that Jesus already won. Jesus already won. Inside each and every one of us, there is this terrible person lurking. I, I say this every week. I am a terrible person. <laughs> Some people are like, okay. Now, at the first beginning, you didn't believe me, but now you're like, I'm willing to accept that. <laughs> and there's this part of me inside that I'm not all that pleased about. I'm not all that happy about. I call him Jason. You know, like, ah, 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 like. It's like, Jason, go to your room. I'm killing you every morning. I'm killing. No. And it's like, sometimes you say to them, like, sorry, I'm that was Jason. I can't even. I just, I just take him out. But we, we live in this cycle because uh, these words terrify us because my old self has been crucified with Christ. I don't want to crucify my old self because I like my old self. I like me. I like who I am. And nobody knows me better than me. Nah, that's not true. Nobody knows you better than Jesus. Why? How do we know that? Because we know that Scripture says that he knitted you together in your mother's womb. That, he, that you are a handcrafted masterpiece, it says in Ephesians 2 uh, verse 10. That you are a masterpiece created by God, by the creativity of Jesus Christ himself. So I think there might be one other person who knows you better than you. Which is why you're still learning things about yourselves. That everything that you are learning, that you are discovering about you in your journey, Jesus already knows. He already knows. 
So yes, there's this, this, this level of, of, of self-awareness. But like I said earlier, Jesus lives on EST, eternal standard time. I live on me-ST, me standard time. And so I put myself through the ringers. I develop myself. I get better, and I think I'm doing great. But everything that I'm discovering, everything that I'm learning, Jesus already knows. And he just wants to lead you forward into that very same thing we talked about earlier. In John chapter 10, a rich and satisfying life. But we're hesitant because unless I'm driving the ship, unless I'm steering the boat, I don't want to go that way. Recently, uh, so for the last three weeks, I started at the gym, got a trainer. I know you can already tell, feeling good. You know, I'm just busting out of this jacket. It's amazing. And uh, I said my, I was telling the guys, like, they're like, so what's your goals? I'm like, I'm basically, I want to look like The Rock. That's basically the end game. I don't need a neck. Like, if my neck and, like, shoulders connected directly, that'd be amazing. And, um, like, I don't need it. But the reason that I need a trainer is because I let myself off the hook all the time. I, I let myself off easy. I mean, that's how I got here in the first place. I let myself off easy because I'll do it, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's getting kind of hard. I'm just going to take a rest. It's like, no, how about you crush out three more? How about I take a break? <laughs> like, if I was left to my own devices, I'd be sitting on the bench more than I was standing doing things. That's the reality. The reality is we let ourselves off the hook in our own lives all the time, and yet Jesus said, I got to leave this earth so I can send somebody called the Holy Spirit that is your trainer for your life who's going to draw all those things that I put inside of you. He's going to draw them out of you. So we can live in a space where we have self-awareness, but the, the higher level or the greater place that we can live is a space of Christ awareness. Understanding that Jesus has a plan and that my plan lives on a short timeline because it's temporal, it's bound to this earth, and it, if we are left to our own devices, we, we do whatever is best for us right now. If we trust Jesus, he wants to lead us on a life that's best for our whole lives and into eternity. If I told you that if you trusted you and you had $20 and you had to invest it, and if you invested it, you would come out with 30 bucks, you'd probably be like, Amazing, how long do I have to do it? And I would say, well, just for like 10 minutes, and then you get 10 bucks. Like, this is the greatest deal of all time. But if I told you that you would take that same $20, put it away for 25 years, and you would come out with $100,000, which one do you think you would take? It's not a trick question. Which one do you think you would take? $100,000. Every time. Why? Because it's worth the investment. So why do we live thinking small and going for a short-term win when Jesus wants to lead us on a life for a long-term win where we can benefit not only us, but benefit all of those around us, our families, our friends. You can do well. You, could, you might be doing well, but you can do better. And Jesus has more for you. The question is, do I trust Jesus? The answer is no. Hebrews 12. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. Wow. Lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, make straight paths for your feet 
so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. See, the context here is that people are a little discouraged. That they've been going their own way for a long time, and yet Jesus has something better for them. So he says just something better is coming, something better is on the way, so straighten up, lift up your drooping hands. You know, in our context, sing a little louder. You know, don't buckle at the knees, stand up straight. Something better is just around the corner. But what happens if we back it up just one verse as we find out why he's saying this? In verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 12, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hmm. We know that if we live a disciplined life just in the natural, if you eat well, if you, you, know, you work out, you take care of yourself, that you're going to live a good life. You're going to live a better life. If you save some money now, when you go to retire, you'll have some then. It's miraculous. It's like it's incredible. If you live a disciplined life now, you're going to reap those rewards in the future. So we, we do that those things in some of our natural areas. We've got our RSPs and our life insurance and all the things that we're supposed to do to get ourselves sorted out on the outside. But the question is, when was the last time I took some time to sort out what's going on in the inside? Hmm. I love this part of Galatians 2.20. first half is my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love this because sometimes we read things in the Bible, we just gloss over it, and we're like, we, we kind of miss the moment. But I think about it like this way. If I was to ask the Apostle Paul how he finds himself in the headspace that he was in Philippians 121, like, how is it that you're, like, pumped to live now and live for Jesus, but you're even more pumped to live in, like, this next life? Like, how do you find, like, how do you even do it? How do you live your life on this earth? He actually answers the question here. He goes, listen, I live in this earthly body by trusting in Jesus. You're wondering, you're wondering how I get through, like, how do you get through? How do you make it through? So I live in this earthly body by trusting Jesus. I survive by trusting Jesus. I live here. I tolerate living here. I make it through each and every day by trusting Jesus. So I live in this earthly body and I do it by trusting Jesus. That's how I do it. You're wondering, how do I make it through the storm? How do I make it through the heartbreak? How do I make it through disappointment? How do I, how do I find the answers to questions? So I live in this earthly body by trusting Jesus. How am I even going to make it through the next three months? So I live in this earthly body by trusting Jesus. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. So I live in this earthly body by trusting Jesus. How do you make it through each day? I live in this earthly body by trusting Jesus, the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Matthew 6, 33. Amplified, but first and most importantly, seek him 
aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, which is his way of doing and being right, the attitude and the character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. Oh, that's a different translation. That's fine. You get the same idea. The more traditional translations read it like this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The, the part of the verse that I like the most is all these things will be added unto you. I like to subtract the rest of it and just focus on what does God want for my life? All the things that will be added unto me. I like that part. But the first part goes, but seek first God. But seek first God. But seek first God, which kind of sounds like I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God. But seek first God. God in his way of doing things, which is the implication of the word righteousness. But seek first God and all these things will be added unto you. I want all these things. Well, do you seek Jesus first? No, I seek me first. But I trust in Jesus. I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God. Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. See how this connects. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Hey, I don't know which direction I should go with my life, says every college student ever who reads Relevant Magazine. I don't know which way I should go with my life. <laughs> seek his will in all you do, which sounds like seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Well, how do you make it through? How do you find Jesus? How do I know where to go? I live in this earthly body by trusting in Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. I don't lean on my own understanding. We broke this down a few weeks ago. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. The reason we find ourselves in difficult situations 99.9% .9 of the time is because we have trusted our own understanding. Even in a situation, think about it, even, even in that misunderstanding at the office where you've got the photocopier lady so mad at you that you don't make copies anymore, you take it to Staples. You're like, how did we even get here? Well, she thought that you said that she looked fat in that blouse. No, it's fat with a pH. She looked amazing, like fat in those clothes. It's like nobody says that anymore. Nobody says that. It's a misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding. I think oftentimes we, we depend on our own misunderstanding of the situation because we live on BST, not EST. Even though Jesus said in Ecclesiastes 3.11, speaking through the voice of Solomon, that he's placed eternity on the hearts of every man. So what if we shifted our eyes off of where we are right now, put them on Jesus, began to trust his understanding instead of our understanding, understood that we're not seeing the whole picture. We don't get it all, but what we get is that we live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. And the Son of God has already said that he come that you might live a rich and a satisfying life. So, what can we do? 
is that we live in this earthly body by trusting God, the Son of God, who is Jesus, who came to give us a rich and satisfying life. So we live in this body by trusting in the very person who made us, who created us, who knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows every single part of us, who knows us better than we know ourselves, who knows what's best for us way above when we know what's best for us. I mean, I think every parent in this room, hey guys, welcome to the party. I think every parent in this room would probably make it make the statement that they clearly know what's best for their child better than they even know why because I brought you to the into this earth I fed you I clothed you and I know you better than you know yourself so if you feel that way as a parent how do you think Jesus feels about you My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, we don't love Jesus because we analyze the facts and decide he's a good person. We don't love Jesus because we go, that was a very nice gesture that he made on my behalf dying 2,000 years ago on a cross that looks painful from the passion of the Christ looks painful so I think I'm going to I'm going to love you and I think that's a good idea I'm going to trust you because it just seems like this seems like a good idea right now no in fact we, we, we don't love Jesus because we go oh that seems like a nice thing that you did for me because I wouldn't be willing to die for any human being so it's amazing that you do that for me no we love him because he loved us first and because he loved us first he went to the cross to die for us because he loved me, what Romans 5 says, while I was utterly helpless, which is in 21st century language, Jesus died for me while I was a hot mess so that he could take the broken pieces of my life and put them back together. And so because he loves me first, I make it through a daily basis living in this earthly body by trusting him because he goes way over and above. Not only did he make me and create me and knit me together, not only does he love me so much that he's willing to lay his life down for me, but he's willing to walk with me and guide me every step of the way, even through the valley of the shadow of death, which is just the shadow of death, not death itself. So I'm willing to trust somebody like that because his word says that he will never leave me or forsake me, even though I might leave him a hundred thousand times every single time I come back. We know that the picture is him with the father waiting for his son to come running down his path and he runs out and meets him and wraps his arms around him. That's Jesus. That's whom we trust. So I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to put Jason to bed. I'm going to let him go because I want to live the life that Jesus has for me because he's done everything for me and he wants me to live a rich and abundant and satisfying life. And no, I don't sound like Joel Osteen. I sound like the Bible. So how do we get there? How do we get there? First, we take a sip of this beverage. Because I didn't anticipate to be yelling this much this morning. Well, the Bible says that we seek God first. 
So how do we get there? I consider Jesus first. I consider Jesus first. What does that mean? It sounds like an old-timey phrase. No, it just means I consider Jesus first. I consider Jesus first in everything. I consider Jesus first in generosity. I consider Jesus first in mercy. I consider Jesus first to forgive. He's first to love. He's first in grace. He's first in kindness. He's the first to call me forward. He's the first to say, hey, I don't care about your reputation. I don't care about your rap sheet. I don't care about your addiction. There's a better way forward. I consider Jesus first. I consider Jesus first when I get up in the morning and I go, wow, I can wake up and be a terrible jerk or I can live the life that God intended me to live and I can wake up trusting in Jesus. I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. So I can decide, wow, I'm yelling a lot. I can decide to live a me first life, but if we're being honest, you've got yourself this far, how you doing? Any regrets on the table? You might be living your best possible life, but what if I told you that your best life is nothing close to what Jesus had in How do we do it? We just consider Jesus first. You might walk out these doors and say, I'm not willing to bend. I'm not willing to pray. I'm doing my thing. That's fine. How about you just consider Jesus first? Just consider him for a moment. Consider Jesus first. You're like, I'm going to put this to the test. Put it to a scientific method. Sure. Use the Proverbs 3 verse 5 test. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Or lean on your own understanding go your way, see how it works. Next time you go Jesus' way, see how it works. You've been listening to The Engage Life, powered by Engage City Church. If you like what you heard, check out engagechurch.ca.